Greetings, everybody, from wherever you are in the world. Welcome to It Pays to Fear God. My name is Anwetterwan Nomarin, and in this channel, we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, which are the three most important subjects to be ever entertained in this world. What we're going to be learning about today is captioned, Do you have the Holy Spirit? The reason why this question is even important in the first place is because the Holy Spirit is like money. In this world, you can't really do anything without money. And that's why King Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 19, A feast is made for laughter, and wine maketh merry, but money answereth all things. You can't really do anything without money, so therefore people see money as something very precious. And in the spiritual world, generally when it comes to being spiritual, you can't really do anything without having the Holy Spirit. Therefore, it is a very important question to know whether we have that or not. But before I really get into the subject for today, I have a question for you that might engage some kind of conversation in the comment section below. Now, it isn't related to this particular subject, but it is still very important, even more so because many Christians seem to confuse it, and that is, how would you reconcile Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9, and Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that none of yourselves. But then Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So I would like if you could just make a comment in the comment section below to try to reconcile them. See how both of them fit together. If it, you're finding difficulty doing so, check one of the other videos that we've made, By Grace Are You Saved, because that kind of broke it down a little bit, and it'll assist you in understanding how, obviously because the Bible doesn't contradict itself, how those two verses exactly fit together. But anyway, let's get back to that subject. Do you have the Holy Spirit? I'm going to be discussing this subject in kind of four sections. First, I'm going to give a brief summary of what the Holy Spirit is. Is it like, what is it? Is it tangible or is it not? What is its purpose, etc.? Then, how does the Holy Spirit work? As in, when you have the Holy Spirit, what comes out of it? It's like how when you have a sickness, what are the symptoms? How would you know that you have that sickness? So if you have the Holy Spirit, what are the things that will be happening in your life that you will now use to know that you do have it? Then I'll get a little bit into who gets the Holy Spirit, because obviously not every single person in this world has the Holy Spirit, so who specifically does it get sent to? And then finally, I'll conclude with some advice on not grieving the Holy Spirit and so on. But let's just get into that brief summary of what the Holy Spirit is. It is very important to understand that the Holy Spirit is not tangible. Many people believe that when you have the Holy Spirit, you tend to shiver or something phenomenal and amazing happens when you get it. Not really. It isn't something you can touch. It's something that God sends to you. And when the Holy Spirit is upon you, you will then start to see changes in your life, changes in your mindset changes in your heart condition it has nothing to do with your physical body or you know generally no it's just the way you think the way you reason the holy spirit helps to make that spiritual generally the holy spirit is what god sends to fulfill his will now his will is of course that people should be saved if read first timothy chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4 so therefore the Holy Spirit is sent to people for that to happen but if you look at places like genesis chapter 1 verse 2 
you can also see that the Holy Spirit was used to, you know, make the waters and all of that stuff. So it generally fulfills God's will. And if we do not have the Holy Spirit, because of its extreme importance towards worshiping God, we just cannot do it. We might try, we might read the Bible and go to church, but what makes you a hearer of the law and what makes you a doer, which is what makes you justified, if you read Romans chapter 2, verse 13, it's the Holy Spirit that allows that process to work out. If you read Romans chapter 8, and verses 9 and 14, St. Paul made us to understand this. And there he told us, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is not of his. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Jesus also told Nicodemus in John chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6 that, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You should also understand that the Holy Spirit is something God can send. We can't buy it with money as Simon tried to do in Acts chapter 8 from verses 8 to 24. And neither can we try to get it from some physical person. No, it comes from God himself. Which is why Jesus Christ told his apostles in John chapter 14 verse 26 and other places that I am going to pray, I'm going to ask God so that he can send you the comforter and he will teach you all things and put all things in remembrance and so on and so forth. So that's just a general idea of what the Holy Spirit does. That's generally how it works and why God would send it to people. But we need to understand what happens when you get the Holy Spirit. How does your life start to change? Well, if you're somebody who is generally not very spiritual, you're just maybe a churchgoer, you're just kind of getting into Christianity a little bit, it starts by developing your interest in God. You begin to seek after God the way David's soul thirsted after God. If you read Psalm chapter 42, verse 1, he said, As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. He really loved God, and God was what made him happy. That was why he said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. In Psalm chapter 122, verse 1. We have to be excited when God is brought up. We shouldn't feel that when God is brought up, life gets boring. No, we should be excited when a pastor wants to start preaching the word of God or when generally the word of God is brought up. We should get excited. Our hearts should jump like the way we might see when we get a lot of money and so on. The Holy Spirit allows us to seek after God's kingdom, which is something every Christian must do. If we read Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus Christ told us, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. The Holy Spirit also helps to generally subdue our weaknesses, our infirmities, what sort of prevents us from moving forward. There's stumbling blocks to our faith, but the Holy Spirit can intercede on our behalf so that God can help us remove those things from our lives. If you read Romans chapter 8 and verses 26 and 27, then the way our minds work, how we think, if we don't have the Holy Spirit, it's carnal. It's the way men generally think. But when we have the Holy Spirit, the way we think becomes spiritual, as St. Paul explained in Romans chapter 8, from verses 4 to 8. The concept of thinking carnally and thinking spiritually are not together. You cannot do both of them at once. But when we have the Holy Spirit, it changes that carnal mind so that we begin to think spiritually. 
And we also begin to practice righteous virtues when we have the Holy Spirit, such as those in Galatians chapter 5 and verses 22 and 23, where St. Paul told us, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Those are attributes or virtues that the Holy Spirit allows us to begin to exercise. And the ones above, from verses 19 to 21, are ones that we exercise when we have the evil spirit, which is the opposite of the Holy Spirit. It's what Satan the devil sends to his people, and we do not want to have such a spirit to control us. So these are generally things that the Holy Spirit allows us to do. It builds that interest in God, and we can use that interest to not only study the Bible and build faith, if you read Romans chapter 10, verse 17, hearing the word of God builds that faith, but we will also use it to overcome temptations and be successful in God's business. Revelation chapter 2, and verses 7, 11, 17, and 26, and James chapter 1. 12. If you look at the life of Joshua and Caleb in Numbers chapter 13 from verses 27 to 33 and Numbers chapter 14 from verses 6 to 9, you can see that the Holy Spirit was with them. God said it explicitly and outright that Caleb, for example, had the Holy Spirit in Numbers chapter 14 verse 24. It was called another spirit, different from the ones that the other rebellious Israelites had. And that was why, if you look at what Joshua and Caleb did in Numbers chapter 13 from verses 27 to 33, you can see that even though there were 10 spies who were saying that going to the land of Canaan wasn't possible, in another way they were saying we should abandon God's plan, Joshua and Caleb wanted God's will to fulfill. They wanted to go to the land that God promised them. Despite the fact that the people who, they, who currently inhabited that land were not only bigger than them, but even among themselves, they who believed in going to the land of Canaan were in the vast, vast minority. Despite all that, though, they wanted to stick with what God wanted. Why? Because they had the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that allows us to put ourselves at risk just to support what God wants. If you also look at the life of Jesus Christ, you can see the same thing. The Bible makes us know that he had the Holy Spirit. In fact, he had it without measure. If we read John chapter 3, verse 34, where John told us, For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. Essentially, he could do whatever he wanted. He had the power to do anything possible in the world. If you also look at Matthew chapter 3 and verses 16 and 17, it's another way of seeing how he received the Holy Spirit. That place tells us, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. What was descending was the Holy Spirit, and when it came into him, you can see that he began to operate in his life. What excited him was God's will. He preached the words that God wanted him to do. If you read John chapter 12 and verses 49 and 50, and he even said in John chapter 4 verse 34 that my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. What, it, what made him happy, what satisfied him was not the things of the world. It wasn't glory, riches, being a Pharisee, being loved by everybody. No, it was doing God's will. And he even took this to the point that his own family members weren't even really that close to him. He said in Matthew chapter 12 from verses 46 to 50 that the people who he valued the most 
were not those who were blood kind of close to him, blood brothers and so on. No, it was those who believed in his gospel. He said that my mother, my sister, my brother and so on, those are the people who believe in me and the gospel that I am preaching. Not those people who are just related to me by blood, but when it comes to what we believe in, we're two completely different paths or roads. These are just two examples that help us understand what it means to have the Holy Spirit. It's also important that we look at the evil spirit. Like I said, that's the opposite of the Holy Spirit. And we should be able to understand the difference between the two, especially when someone has one of those spirits, so that if for any reason that kind of spirit, the evil spirit, dwells in us, we can identify it and hopefully avoid what it is telling us. If we look at Acts chapter 13 from verses 6 to 12, we can see that Elimas, the sorcerer, didn't like God's will because he had the evil spirit. And that was why when St. Paul was called to preach to Sergius Paulus, he didn't want the word of God to be preached. He wanted to stop St. Paul. He didn't want such words to be uttered. But then St. Paul told him that you are an enemy of righteousness. You are a child of the devil and you will be blind for a certain amount of time. And obviously, immediately a mist came upon him and he was blind and he looked for somebody to lead him next. That is generally what happens to people who have the evil spirit and it's a way of understanding the way a person with the evil spirit works. We should understand that these are not just some kind of magical things that when we have the evil spirit, we're just moving all kind of headers together. No, it's a natural process. Just like when we have the Holy Spirit, there's nothing magical about it. It just starts to change our lives. There's a certain way we think towards God, his purpose, his will, etc. Then it's also going to be look at who gets the Holy Spirit. Like I said, it's not everybody. Not every single person has the Holy Spirit. So who does God specifically give it to? Well, we need to know that the Holy Spirit is not just what determines whether someone is going to be saved or not. There's already some kind of pre-programmed heart condition that somebody has. Some people are fit to worship God and some people aren't because some people... They generally have that ability to understand spiritual things. Sure, they might be going to a church that doesn't teach the truth, or maybe they just might not have really been exposed that much to true religious stuff, but they generally have that heart to be humble, to be submissive, to be dogged against iniquity. Those kinds of people, the Holy Spirit goes to them because... It's like they have potential. God sends the Holy Spirit to them because he says, okay, I think that if I send the Holy Spirit to this person, I will get some good fruits with that. It's just like what Google did when they bought YouTube. They saw potential in that kind of company or brand. So then they gave them 1.65 billion US dollars. And you can see, look at YouTube today. That is generally how the Holy Spirit works. There's that potential that people have based on their heart condition and when God sees that, he sends the Holy Spirit to them. If you look at David, for example, David was given the Holy Spirit in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, because he was a man after God's heart. He generally liked the idea of God. If you read 1 Samuel chapter 13, verse 14, and Acts chapter 13, verse 22. So then God sent it to him, and you can see that from that time on, he began to do righteous things. Like in 1 Samuel chapter 17, when he wasn't afraid of Goliath, even though every single other Israelite in the army couldn't challenge him. He just walked up to him, hastened to meet him, in fact, and then with 
God's power, of course, he killed him by hitting, by throwing a stone in his forehead and all that. That is what the Holy Spirit does, and that's, those are the kinds of people who get it. But someone like King Saul, for example, he, even though he got the Holy Spirit, it didn't really fit with him. Because generally, he didn't understand spiritual things. He was just a carnal, natural physical person. So even though the Holy Spirit came to him, it eventually left in 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 14 because he grieved it with iniquity, disobeying God's principles in 1 Samuel chapter 13 and chapter 15 and even 1 Samuel chapter 22. But someone like David, the Holy Spirit remained with him because his heart was in the right place. Those who do not have that ability to understand spiritual things, no matter what happens, it's really hard for them to turn to righteousness because they just aren't fit for it. And that was why St. Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. However, though, God can generally send people the Holy Spirit so that they can do certain tasks. Even if they don't have the heart to really be very righteous, at least God will use them for the purpose that he wants. For example, he sent it to people like Bezalel and to Aaron to do work that was appointed. If you read Exodus chapter 31 for verses 1 to 3 and chapter 28 and verses 2 and 3 respectively for Bezalel and Aaron. But I also want to point out a class of people who get a higher those of the Holy Spirit, and that is the apostles. The apostles are a class of Christians, not including everybody, of course, who get a higher dose of the Holy Spirit. Now, what do I mean by dose? Well, the Holy Spirit isn't something that comes to people equally. Some people have it very low, just kind of works within them a little bit. Some people have it at a moderate amount, where all righteous ones are, and then there's somewhere it really gets to them then that comes with many gifts, like being able to interpret dreams, being able to heal others, and so on. That is a higher dose of the Holy Spirit, and people like the apostles have that because they do a certain kind of work that requires it. And this kind of Holy Spirit was talked about in 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. It describes how they don't need to be taught the Word of God by a pastor or by anybody. No, the God just brings it to them, they understand it, and they go about dispensing it fearlessly. If you read that first John chapter 2, verse 27, John the Apostle told us, But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, and ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Him. That, that, that Holy Spirit is one of the things that differentiates them from generally the rest of Christians who will inherit the earth. If we read Matthew chapter 5 verse 5 and Psalm chapter 37 verse 11. They have to overcome temptations and generally lead other Christians. And in order to do that, they need to be stronger. They need to have a higher dose. That's why if you look at the apostles in Acts, they went through all kinds of sufferings, but they rejoiced in it. If we read Acts chapter 5 and verses 41 and 42, they were able to do so because they had that higher dose of the Holy Spirit, which many of them were anointed with in that Acts chapter 2, which many people know as the day of Pentecost. I hope that Everything that I have said here has helped you to understand what the Holy Spirit is and how it works within us and who gets it. 
Based on this, you should be able to ask yourself, do I have the Holy Spirit or not? If you do have the Holy Spirit, then that is fantastic because you need to understand that that is indispensable towards salvation. You just can't really worship God without it. So if you currently have it, that is great and it is a blessing you should thank God for. At the same time, though, you should understand that you shouldn't grieve it because the Holy Spirit is not something that you know, can abide with iniquity. If iniquity starts to get into your life, you should be watching it and cast it out. Avoid it. If you read Proverbs chapter 4 and verses 14 and 15, so that you do not grieve the Holy Spirit. St. Paul said something relevant to this in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30, where he told us, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day. Of redemption. If you see also Hebrews chapter 6 from verses 4 to 6, where the author of Hebrews made us know that if we generally forsake the Holy Spirit and don't obey it and all that, then our chances of salvation will diminish. And it's because of this, it's because David understood this, that he prayed earnestly for the Holy Spirit to not be taken away from him when he sinned by committing adultery with Bathsheba and indirectly murdering Uriah. He said in that Psalm, chapter 51, verse 11, Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit currently, then that's also fine. We don't need to really worry about it. Let's just pray to God about it, because God can give that to us. Jesus Christ told us in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Thereby I advise you that you take that matter to God. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, pray for it. Because it's, there's no better thing you can take to God. He will give it to you and you'll see that your life will change for the better. And that is where I'm going to stop on discussing that subject. Do you have the Holy Spirit? I hope that you have enjoyed this video and come to understand what the Holy Spirit is, who it goes to, and for those who get it, how it works in their lives. Just in case you haven't made this connection already, the reason why the Holy Spirit is holy is generally because it achieves or does holy things. When God sends it on an errand, for example, when he sends it into a person, it, make, it helps to make that person holy. Or if he sends it to fulfill a certain purpose, like to rescue a nation, for example, because it's with those things that his will fulfills, then that thing is holy because what God wants is holy due to, you know, the position of holds and stuff like that. And generally, if you have any questions about the Holy Spirit, drop them in the comment section below because we would love to, you know, clarify any doubts that you have. Have a great day and God bless you. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.